0: Today's Bible reading comes from Luke 1, verse 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you.
1: There we are. Good morning, everyone. My name's Etienne, and I will check. I've got a green light up here. Have I got a green light back there? Everyone can hear me? Great. Um, I'm going to talk for the next uh, 20 minutes or so, uh, and it's sort of a part of a service that we call a sermon. Or a message, or a talk, or whatever you want to call it. And it really is nothing more than the fact that we believe that God shows Himself to us. God shows Himself to people. We'll talk a bit about that. God wants us to know every week something, maybe something we know that we need to be reminded of, maybe something new we never even thought about. And we do that as we look at the Bible as one of the ways that God loves to take and make alive in our hearts and our minds. And that's what we'll do just for the next 20 minutes or so uh, as I talk. And we're going to do it around a theme that already has been introduced. And you can see it up here. It's called, Not What I Expected. So, let me ask you two questions. Two questions that I read recently. Well, this author, a man called Paul, not the biblical Paul, Paul Tripp, he asks this. He says, at any given point in your life, these are arguably the two most important questions you can ask yourself. What in the world is God doing right here and right Now, you can ask that question even this very minute. What in the world is God doing this morning, in this place, right now? And secondly, how should I respond to that? If I have any inkling of what he's doing, what does that mean for what I should be doing? How do I respond? What does it mean for me in light of what he's doing? What is God doing right now, and how in the world should I respond to it? And I don't have to convince you at this point that these are deep water questions. <laughs> we'll get to that, but I already say that you 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 can you can. Sh- Bit at me lots of things that are happening in your life right now and you would love to know. What is God doing with this? That's the challenging and the confronting question because I bet that whatever is happening in your life, at least in one thing, if not in most things, I would say that God is doing something that you did not expect. Arguably something you did not even want, but it's there (laughs) and it's happening. So, take these two questions with me to the story that we read about this woman called Mary. I want us to look at her life, what God has done in her life and how she has responded uh, and how we can respond to what happened to her and then towards the end, I want to talk about you. I want you to think about you uh, and me as individuals What is happening right now? How do we respond? So her story and then your story. That's sort of the the two aspects that we'll look at, all right? Her story, let's go. I'm going to read through it slowly, just stop and explain and unpack as I go along. We read that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee. God sent... Whatever you know about God, whatever you have experienced about God, whatever you hope to experience about God, whatever you will experience about God, you will do or have done so because God has initiated. It's always like that with God. He comes to us. He comes to you. He has come to Mary and this morning, He is coming to you. (laughs) God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town called Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married. Usually we think about this thing as an engagement. Although in Jewish culture, at least of the time, this was a bit more than engagement. It was a 12-month period in which you, I guess I could say, was betrothed to be married. However, this was legally binding. You were practically married, except you were not. If you wanted to get out of that marriage, it was a divorce process to get out of it or out of that pledged process. It was pretty serious. All of which should say to us at this point in time that as we saw in that play, this woman, Mary, she had firm expectations. It was more than just a serious relationship. It was more than just an engagement. It was really in a legal sense. I know who it is I'm going to marry I know what the wedding's going to be like, the dress, all the rest of it. The expectations on Mary's part, because she was pledged to be married, were firm. They were deep. They were very much, she had her heart set on her idea of how her life might have gone. Can I put it to you this morning, that you are the same. You too have expectations about your life. And just like she, as this story reveals itself further to us, had all her expectations challenged, changed, so have you. I mean, this might be an age-bound thing, but we can divide ourselves in three categories in this building. There are some of you... Who have had your expectations shattered well and truly by now in life. You know that life has not gone the way you had hoped it would. There's some of us who might be young, and oh, we've got our kids in, 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 in church and 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 I'm the, the, the bearer of bad news. Your your life is not going to go the way you expected. It. It's great to cherish, it's great to be excited about, but but it's not. It, it there's gonna be a lot of it. That's not going to go the way you expected. And then there are some of us in the third category who are here who sit this morning and go, Man, I'm in the place where I'm absolutely discovering that for myself. My life is right now very much not what I expected at all. This is Mary, pledged to be married, set of expectations, and and then things change completely in this angel. Showing up by the way angel that showed up um, I think I have mentioned this in the past we have very romanticized ideas about this <laughs> um, I think maybe it's the language that we put around angels you know you call your Valentine angel or your or your little girl or uh, guardian angels uh, the biblical picture is such that every time a person encountered an angel or an angel or a celestial being. They were terrified. I I dare say you do not want to see an angel. Very few of us would if we truly understood, and and one reason for that perhaps is they never showed up unless they had some seriously life-altering news that meant that your life or the the, the character or the person in, in, in the event's life was utterly and completely changed into what they did not expect. Usually better than what they expected, absolutely, but very different, very, very different. And that's what we see in Mary here too, you know, she's quite afraid. You don't get this picture of, oh, cool, an angel, you know, (laughs) she's she's quite quite disturbed, she's afraid, she's greatly troubled, um, the text said, to the point that the angel had to reassure her Uh, don't be afraid. She's greatly troubled. Don't be afraid, the angel says. And then he gives her the life-altering news. You'll be with child. You'll call him Jesus. You'll be called the son of the Most High. And he'll be given the throne of his father, David. And he'll reign, reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. There's a lot of language in that. I'm not going to explore all of it. It'll take too long and be confusing, but here's what I'll tell you you have to get out of this. The dialogue between the angel and Mary introduces to us the all-important figure of a man called Jesus. There is no more important person in human history than the man named Jesus. Jesus. Son of the Most High will rule over his father's father David's throne in a kingdom forever. Just take that out of it, if you would. No human being in all of human history has ever been born that is more important than the person Jesus. Jesus means one who saves, one who has come to connect, help you connect. To God, to locate God in your life, to figure out where he is where you are and to be placed in a life-giving relationship with him. This is the man, Jesus who is to be born How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin and the angel answered we've read it uh, Whoops! the Holy Spirit will come on you The power of the Most High will overshadow you, and so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This child will be like no other human being. He will have a human mother, and he will have God as a father. This will be a God-man. This will be a God-man. I don't think I have to say much more on this point to make you realise the weight of this issue, or at least the potential weight of this issue. If, if you've heard it many times in your life before, think with me again about this. What's happening here? <laughs> A God-man. You see, I, 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 I'm no angel. I, I look more like a demon, actually. But you're also not Mary, and you're not about to fall pregnant with God's son. But, but like God started a conversation with Mary on that day, he's starting a conversation with you today through his word that we're hearing. And, and, and perhaps, like Mary, you need to make a decision today over this child that is going to be born of Mary. You see, here are the questions that you need to think about. Can a supreme being called God create human life out of nothing? Has he created human life out of nothing in the beginning? And is it possible for him to create human life again here? through this person called Mary. And so, if that is what God has done there and then, how do I respond to that? How do I respond to this person called Jesus? How do I respond to this whole bizarre, seemingly crazy story? And I bet there's two categories. Let me try and put or echo your thoughts after you, there may be some of you here this morning who say, I'm not really sure. This is a lot to take in. I'm not really sure that God could create human life in the beginning, and I'm not really sure that God could make a person fall pregnant miraculously without any of the human biological processes. I'm not sure. And can I just invite you, friend, if that's you, please uh, That's okay. (laughs) This is a big deal. And a lot of what Christianity, or everything that Christianity is all about, rides on this. Because if this person is a God-man, then truly every word that this person ever spoke should be the weightiest words that were ever spoken in human history. We ought to listen. We ought to heed. We ought to think. We ought to consider who he is. You know, so many times throughout the life of Jesus when he encountered people as he performed signs, wonders, as he spoke, as he preached, time again and again and again, the people who heard him and they saw what God was doing right there, right then, their response was, who is this man? That is still the greatest question for all of humanity today. I put it to you, it's still the greatest question for you today. Who? is this man? Is he the God-man, God come to us or not? Explore it, think through it, ponder on it, pray through it. If you're unsure about it, the question is at least worth investigating. For other folks here today, you would say, look, I believe it. I reckon it could have happened. I reckon it did happen. God has graciously given me a calm confidence that all things are possible with him. So my friends, this is what God has done in history. How will we respond? What will we do? Okay, so now we turn to the here and now. I've sort of taken you through most of the story of Mary. We've seen what he has done there and then. We'll talk about here and now. I want you to look at Mary. I want you to think about Mary. I want to hold her up as an example for us today. And I want you to see yourself in her story. There's uniqueness about her story, but there's also a similarity to her story and yours. You see, in Mary's story, for some reason known only to him, God has chosen to give Mary what she did not expect in order to bring blessing to her and to the entire human race. Okay? Say that again. God has chosen, for reasons only known to Him, to give Mary what she did not expect in order to bless her and through her bless the entire human race. In your story, God has chosen to give you some things that you did not expect in order to bless you and bless those around you. I don't believe that has changed. There's not a single thing in your life that God has not placed there for a purpose and a good purpose. I firmly believe that, and I firmly also believe that you're going to think straight away, I don't know, man. I don't know. What about my loneliness? What about my unfulfilled desires? What about my poverty? What about my job that I hate? What about the people who hurt me? What about my struggles with addictions? What about my broken marriage? What about my disabled child? What about, what about, what about, what about? God has chosen for some reasons not known to us that that will be placed in your life to bless you and bless others around you. Yeah? It's deep water. How do I respond? How do I respond to the stuff that God has put in my life that I did not expect as an individual? How do I respond as a leader of Pathway House to what COVID has meant for us as a world? You name it. What a question. I want to just, I pondered upon this again this week. And can I read to you a story of a man who had severe struggles with with, with mental health. I'm I'm working with mental illness here, but I could speak about any affliction that any of us faces. And and he wrote a blog in the Huffington Post. And he reflected on six things that his mental illness brought about that blessed him. And here's what it is. His name's Jonathan Friesen. I'll, I'll put the headings up there and I'll just read you the blurbs that he puts in his little blog. I quote, I could not have written these words 30 years ago when panic episodes, anxiety disorders and Tourette's syndrome clouded my view, but now I see that though the fog was exceptionally dark, good things were developing, good things inside of me. Here are six of them, six things that my disease and illness brought about. Generosity. Think of the most generous friend you have. I'll tell you what you already know. They are not proud or self-important. What they have, they can give because unlike the self-important person, they don't view their possessions and time as personal entitlements. Mental illness shattered my altar of self. Spirituality. True spirituality begins with one of two desires. We are driven either by the longing for a transcendent experience or the desperate hope that someone greater than ourselves exists to meet our needs. Those struggling with mental illness rarely question that they are needy. Life makes this rather clear. This allows us to reach out our hands without reservation. How powerful is that? You know, only the broken, only the needy, only the person who knows that they are needy Broken without a shred of self-sufficiency, of self-adequacy, is the person who will stand in the place, reach up their hands and say, God, help me. God, I need you. Grace flows only to the broken. God comes only to the humble, self-shattered. And this person is saying to us, you know what brought me in that humble, broken place? Suffering. The unexpected, unwanted thing of mental illness is what brought me there. Was that unexpected thing a good or a bad thing? Blessed, Scripture calls the person who mourns. They will be comforted. Right? Generosity, spirituality, empathy, the experience of helplessness is one of the most universal realities of the mentally ill and meeting a perceived need in another is one of the most potent ways to feel empowered. Only the broken can truly emphasise and bless others. An accepting spirit, it becomes quite difficult to condemn when it's consistently obvious that my own life is not altogether. Awareness of my own confusion allows me to accept you freely, ironically, Although I can accept you with ease, I don't show the same grace to myself. And here's where I need you to help. And so the blog goes on. He mentions two other things on which I won't elaborate for the sake of time. Courage, creativity. Here's a guy who says to us in no uncertain terms, you know what my mental illness has given me? It's given me generosity, spirituality, or I actually call out for God, empathy, accepting spirit, courage, Creativity. Here's what the unexpected things that were given me, gave me and blessed me with and blessed those around me with. Friends, I want to suggest to you, your bad stuff in your life will do the same. It is there to bless you and to bless others around you. I know how confusing it is. I know how mysterious it is. I know the level of frustration that we have with not understanding why. But I urge you to see that the bad things in your life are there to bless you. Could it be that God is giving it to you so that you are brought to the only place where you can receive and give grace? Could it be like Mary, God has chosen to give you some unexpected things that will bless you and others around you? With that in mind, let me finish up. How do we respond? What is God doing in your life right here, right now? The good things are easy, the bad things are harder, but God is in control of them all. How do I respond? Here's Mary's response. (laughs) It's so short, so sweet, and yet so powerful. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. You know what she's saying? She's saying, I don't know exactly why God chose me. Out of all the millions of women who lived on the earth in that time, why her? Don't know. Don't fully understand how all this news will bless me had she any idea of what would happen to this baby that she gave birth to. (laughs) I have no idea. But I acknowledge, Mary says, I think in that statement, that there are things about this life that I do not understand. God can see further than I do, God knows more than I do, and I will trust him. My life, my future, my purpose is safe in the hands of the one who is sovereign over all of life. I am safe, and despite all appearances, things are well with me. Friends, God is initiating a conversation with you today. I've said it before. I'll wrap up with that as well. He wants you right where you are, right as you are. Would you please look into history? Would you please consider how you respond to the person called Jesus, the God-man? And would you please look at your life right now? And could you, perhaps, by the grace of God, irrespective of what you see there, say these simple words, God, I trust you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the unexpected things that you bring our ways. We confess we don't want them. We confess that we're confused and we do not understand so many things. And yet we know that never have you allowed an unexpected thing in the life of a child of you yours without the intention to bless. And so I pray for each and every single one of us here. As we ponder, as we struggle, as we wrestle, as we deal with confusion, as we deal with frustration, as we deal with anger to what is happening in our lives and we wonder how on earth does this connect with you and what you seek to do. Will you give us the same heart as Mary? A heart that would come at this with an openness to see how you seek to bless. Lead us into the place of grace. Lead us into the place where we would Put up our arms, reach out, and say a simple, humble, God help me. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.